So, uh, I'm just going to get myself set up. While I do that, I have wanted to start this morning by taking a little poll, doing a little like little test thing. So, in the last month, if you have taken a selfie, could you stand to your feet for me? In the last month, if you have taken a selfie in the last month, can you stand up for me? And if there's someone sitting down that you think shouldn't be sitting down, just point at them and boo. Okay, right, great. And this is the last four weeks. Okay. <clears throat> it can be with other people in. It can be just of yourself. Okay. Okay. Now, if you have taken a selfie in the last two weeks, say standing. I'm still standing at this point. I'll sit down when it's right for me to sit down too. Okay. If you've taken a selfie in the last week, say standing. So got a good few up on your feet, okay. If you have taken a selfie this weekend, stay standing. Yes, okay. If you have taken, Sam is currently taking a selfie at the back. Um, if you have taken a selfie this morning, stay standing up. Are you serious? This morning? It's been like three hours since you've been up, surely. Okay, okay, right. Fine, sit down, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat. About 15 minutes ago, great. Okay, so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about culture. Um, my title for this morning is this, yes Adam, well done, from selfie to sacrifice. Now, I want to be really clear, I am not selfie bashing this morning. I am a selfie taker like the rest of us. But I think selfies are really, really interesting because it says something about our culture, right? So uh, when you take a selfie, what you do on your phone often and you'll take out your phone. Ooh, I thought that was on airplane mode. It's not. You take out your phone and you flip around the screen to look, go from looking outward on your camera to looking inward. And you position it so that you look great and you get your lighting right. And then you take your picture. In fact, you take about 50 pictures. And then you pick the one that is the best one. And then you edit the lighting. And then you edit the colours. And then you put a filter on it. And then you post it. And uh, there's this whole thing. If I was going to say, what is the story of our culture? I would say that we have a selfie story in our culture, um, in, just in Britain. I think we have this thing where we take almost the camera view on our picture, um, on our phone, we press that button and we flip it to face ourselves. We then make ourselves look as good as we can to other people. And what I don't necessarily mean by that is you wearing loads of makeup or you being hench. What I mean by that is you kind of make it look to everyone else like you've got your life together. Like everything's okay, like you're succeeding, and you'll go to quite a lot of effort to do that. And then we put it out there. That's what we let people know about us. That's what we put out there into the kind of main arena of our lives. We have a selfie culture. Now, that is one story that you can live by, a selfie story. However, if you're here this morning and you've chosen to follow Jesus, you have another story in your life that I believe that God wants to speak over you. The problem is then things get really difficult because you're having to live by and hear two stories and try and live in one of those, but it's really tough. So for this talk this morning, I'm going to ask that if you are not taking notes that your phones go away, I'm going to ask that you pay attention because I believe that it is really important that you understand the stories that you're hearing over your life. Let me tell you the first story that I believe is being spoken over you. You see, the two stories are really, really similar. They're dangerously similar, but radically different. 
You see, both stories come to um, a similar point, and they say three things. I want you to repeat them after me. I am special. You're better than that, guys. I am special. Good. I am unique. I have a purpose. One more time. I am special. I am unique. And I have a purpose. And these stories speak these things over your life. But the, the way that they get to those points are really difficult. Okay, difficult, different. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is culture's story or the selfie story that is spoken over your life. You are special, you are unique, and you are created for a purpose. So you deserve to be happy. Whatever it takes, you were created for more. So you crave more, so you own more because you deserve it. You should be liked, you should be admired, you should be noticed by everyone and always get your way because this life is about you. You are significant. So that is one story. That is culture's story. That is selfie's story that is spoken over your life. However, if you follow Jesus, you have a second story that is spoken over your life and it jars with the first, but it starts the same. You are special, you are unique, and you are created for a purpose. Because you were created in the image of an eternal God and you have eternity inside of you. You were not created for your life to be about you, but about God. And you will be most fulfilled when you let go of everything because it was never about you and it was always about him. You were created for eternity and your significance is in him. Lift your eyes. God, I pray that um, this morning as we go through these next sort of 15, 20 minutes that you would speak to us. God, help us to choose our story and help us to live by it. God, we know that we can't effectively live by both stories. So Father, help us choose one. And God, I pray that as we speak this morning, you would change something in our hearts that changes eternity for us, that changes the world for the people that we live alongside, that God, our communities might be different because of what you speak to us about this morning. Amen. Great. Sophie's going to come up and read our passage for us. Yeah, come on, a bit of encouragement. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Thank you so much, Sophie. Well read, that was fantastic. Do you know, when you become a Christian, when you choose to follow Jesus, there's some stuff that happens that no one tells you about. So um, there's this whole part that you do know about if you, if you follow Jesus. There's, there's this part where you go, do you know what? You have this relationship with God and it's amazing and it's incredible. And you lift your eyes from yourself and you see who God is. You see what he's about, what he's passionate about. You have a purpose for your life, a reason for existing. You know that you were created for more. You know that you are priceless, that whatever you do, however much you get wrong, that you are still loved and you are loved uh, exactly the same, whether you achieve the best things in the world or you do the worst things in the world God loves you and you have a purpose however what then happens is as you lift your eyes you look at the face of Jesus and you look into his eyes and you begin to fall in love with him and you realize something and this is something that is a good thing and it can be a really difficult thing too because you begin to realize that you were created for more 
Your life is about more than what the selfie story says that it is worth, about you, about your stuff, about your things, about you having power, about you being comfortable, about you being friends with the people that you want to be friends with. Your life is about more than that. And so you begin to change. As you look into the eyes of Jesus, something begins to change inside of you and you realize something. You realize that as you look at Jesus, his heart is broken for everybody else. Do you know, when, you're, when you love someone, when you really love someone, you really care about them, what happens is you begin to love and be interested in and be for the things that they are for. Now, before I got married, I read loads. I loved reading. Uh, I went to bed early. I was very, uh, I, I, I bought whatever I want clothes-wise. I went to Topshop all the time, let me tell you. Um, I did loads of stuff. Then when I got married, things changed for me. I love you. Things changed for me. I now know loads about the Premier League and Liverpool Football Club. I play fantasy football and let my husband change my team so I don't get any points each week. I go and watch cricket. I now am educated a little about Formula One. I know loads about craft beers and whiskies. Because I care about these things? No, but because the person I love does. I begin to learn about these things because he is into them. And you know what? If I hadn't have got married, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have a fantasy football team that was now 13th in the league. However, because I'm married, I care about these things. Because I care about the things the person I loves, loves. Does that make sense? Okay, right. So what happens is, as you fall in love with Jesus, as you lift your eyes from yourself to Jesus, you see that his eyes are fixed on everyone else. And all of a sudden, you realize you're created for more, but you are created to love and be with and help and support other people. And so you begin to make choices that sometimes, in all honesty, they suck. You realize and you begin to learn that your life isn't about you anymore. It's about him and it's about them. And so you don't spend your money on the things that you would spend your money on. Those pair of trainers that you had your eyes on, you realize that there are people in the world that can't eat. So maybe you shouldn't spend millions and millions of pounds on a pair of trainers. Maybe you should sacrifice and give some money to people who need it. You don't necessarily go out with the people that you would choose to go out with. Just because someone's fit and because they're nice isn't necessarily a good enough reason. And so it costs you and you sacrifice. And you don't get to have relationships like everybody else has because you know that you want to be more like Jesus. And because you want to be, as you become more like Jesus, you change the lives of other people. And so your choices are different. And sometimes it sucks and it costs you. You speak differently. You don't use the language that other people speak. Whether that is swearing or whether that is gossiping about people, you don't do those things although you want to because you know that your life was meant for more and so you begin to sacrifice and what you want isn't the thing that your life revolves around anymore it's what he wants and sometimes that's really tough you go from selfie to sacrifice you lift your eyes and I want to explain to you about how this works right I'm going to need five people from this side and five people from this side and um it needs to be people that haven't got food allergies. Okay. So, five people from this side. Sammy, yes. Anybody? Okay, Andy, can you pick five people from that side? Okay. Uh, we need Sammy, do you want to come out? Uh, anyone else? Angel, yep. Yep. Faith, yep. Anyone else? Matty's been on stage. It's going. No one else wants to, no, marshmallows? No one wants marshmallows. Sarah wants marshmallows. That'd be come. Right, come on, Sarah, up you come. Right, so can you five stand facing that way for me? And can you five, hi, Loris, can you five stand facing that, uh, the front for me on each side? Align each. Okay. 
Right, here we go. Nathan, can you hold that for me, mate? Don't eat them, just hold it for me. Just one of them. Great. Here we go. Nicole, can you hold that for me? Brilliant. Here we go. Now, this is a game. It's going to be wonderful. Now, you guys need to be careful and don't die is the main, main thing for you guys. So this game is a game where each of these guys have a share a pack of marshmallows in their hand. The game will be that um, these guys will start. You will eat your marshmallow. Just one. You swallow it. As soon as you've swallowed the marshmallow, you check with Hannah and you check with Dan. When your mouths are confirmed as empty, you pass on the bag to the next person. So pass it on to Patrick, pass it on to Sammy. They then take a marshmallow, eat it. Once it's swallowed, you pass it along. It's the first person to get through to Sarah or Jordan at the end and get through their line with everybody having eaten one marshmallow each and swallowed it. Does that make sense? Any questions? Hannah. Whoa, whoa, shush. Come now. Yes. The last person has to have swallowed their marshmallow and that team will be declared the winners. Is that okay? So make sure you guys have stood in a nice line. and you Don't put your hand in yet and don't pass on the bag until Dan or Hannah has said you can. Are you ready? Chill on your side. In three, two, make sure you swallow properly. Don't choke. That would really wreck my talk. Okay. In three, two, one, go. Come on, bit of encouragement, people. Bit of encouragement. Quick chewing, quick chewing. But chew thoroughly... Chew thoroughly. Chew thoroughly. Chew thoroughly. Chew thoroughly. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Doing well, Sammy. It's actually quite tiring, this game. For those that are chewing, it's quite exhausting for them. Doing well, guys. Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Last person, last person. This side's the winners. Well done. Well done. Thank you so much. You guys okay? For everyone who took part, you can come and get a marshmallow off me at the end. I just wrestled the bag off Dan Murphy. Right. Thank you. Well, oh, no, these guys, can you stay up here? Can this team stay up? I just need you for a sec. Come back, come back, come back. Okay, so I want one of these. Stop eating them. Right. My goodness. Hard work. Right, here we go. So the reason I played that game. Nicole, would you mind holding this to me for a second? Thank you so much. So can you guys move into the middle so everyone can see you? Just shuffle along. So this lovely team were victorious. Now, the reason we played that game is that sometimes this selfie to sacrifice thing works like this game. I want to talk you through it. Now, how many of you in your history as people, I'm quite short, I'm going to stand up here, in your history as people have single-handedly devoured something that was meant to be shared out? I'm talking share of packs of Doritos. I'm talking slabs of chocolate. I'm talking me. Packets of Jaffa Cakes, I can get through them. Yeah, we do this, don't we? This is what we do. We get through things. Brilliant. Okay, now. I'm going to use Nicole as an example. Beautiful Nicole. Here we go. So, Nicole decides that she's going to give her life to Jesus. Okay, she makes that decision. And what happens, I'm going to take this off you, is that God, bear with me on this, God gives her this big pack of share of marshmallows. Now, what this represents is that she has been told and affirmed by God that she is loved, that she has a purpose, that she will always be provided for, 
loved, um, that she has a secure identity, that God's going to use her. Um, And so God hands all this stuff to Nicole. Now, when Nicole gets her share a pack of marshmallows, she could do one of two things. She could eat the whole packet for herself, or she could pass one on down the road like we did in that game. Now, what often happens is when we come into a relationship with Jesus, we lift our eyes, look at Jesus, see Jesus' face. He goes, I love you. I'm going I'm to bless you with all this stuff. Uh, and we go, great. I love marshmallows. And we just sit and we eat all these marshmallows. And what happens is, if you eat too many packs of share of marshmallows to yourself, you get fat Christians. And so we end up being fat Christians, just guzzling all this stuff like, yeah, I'm loved. Yeah, whatever I do, God's going to forgive me. So I'm going to do whatever I want. And we have all this stuff. Now, what happens if Nicole held on to that packet is Patrick, Soph, Loris, Jordan, all these people are stood here looking at her going, well, you could have shared those out, couldn't you? selfish. And these guys are stood here hungry, really hungry. Now what they could be hungry for might be different. It might be that someone is physically hungry and poor on the other side of the world. It might be that somebody is hungry and desperate to know they are loved. It might be that somebody just desperately needs a relationship with Jesus. It might be that somebody is hungry for a relationship with Jesus because they need healing. But because Nicole hasn't shared her marshmallows, these guys are just left hungry. And we were never designed to eat share packs of marshmallows for ourselves. We were designed to share. And so Nicole gets her marshmallows and she has some and then she passes it along to Patrick. And he goes, I love marshmallows. Hey, let's pass them on to Sophie. Sophie loves marshmallows too. Who passes it on to Loris? Who passes it on to Jordan? Why? Because Nicole realized, guys, 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 listen. Nicole realized that this wasn't about her. This was about them and about Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay, great. Jordan, can I have those back? Thank you so much. Those of you who took part can come and get some off me at the end. Go and sit back down. Can you give these guys a round of applause? Okay. Do you know, we have this thing when we uh, follow Jesus, um, where we begin to think that our lives are about us and about God. That we are called to lift our eyes, to turn from selfie to sacrifice. And it's about us and God. And as long as we're okay with God, everything's fine. Do you know if that was really the case, the moment that you chose to follow Jesus, you'll be taken up to heaven? Because my relationship with Jesus would be much better if I wasn't given any time time to make mistakes and I was just swooped up to heaven and taken away and me and Jesus would be great. That is not what happens. You are left here on earth because you are called to sacrifice and give and love and change the lives of others. Your life here on earth, once you know Jesus, is about loving and knowing other people and helping them know Jesus for themselves. That's the point. But we get it wrong. Because what happens is just like our selfies, we turn that zoom around, we focus everything on us, we hold on to our pack of share of marshmallows and we never look any further than ourselves. Okay, who here has a favourite shop? Put your hand up if you've got a favourite shop. Shout some out to me. JD, we've got a few JD sports. Tesco, <laughs> okay. Asta, wonderful. Okay, okay, okay. So, when I, when I was younger, right, when I was younger, I didn't grow up around here. I grew up in mighty Leamington Spa. Come on. And uh, it's amazing. And I grew up there, and we had this big shopping centre in Leamington. And in this shopping centre in Leamington, there was a clothes shop that I absolutely loved, but I couldn't afford any of the clothes from. You know those kind of shops where you just look at, go in and walk around and wish you could buy things? And um, oh, there was a girl who worked now who was super cool. I wanted to be like her when I grew up. And uh, this, this one time, this birthday, I got some birthday money. 
right. So I was like, yes, I'm in. So I went into this shop and uh, I was looking around and I saw these trousers that I absolutely loved, right? So I went and I got them off the hanger. I took them to the changing room and uh, I was in that changing room for ages trying these trousers on to the point that someone came and knocked on the door of the changing room to check I hadn't died or anything. I was in there. I was trying my trousers on. I was like rolling them up, putting them down. Like, yes, this is amazing. These are the trousers of dreams. And then after I'd been in there for ages, I realized something was really, really wrong. It was really, really quiet. And I could hear in the background an alarm going off. And I thought, oh, well, that, that's not normal, is it? So I turned around from the mirror. I looked over the changing room door and saw all the lights were off in the shop. Well, that isn't how shopping's normally done. And I begin to realize that the fire alarm in the shopping precinct has gone off. The shop has been evacuated. The knocking on the door of the changing room was someone telling me to leave the shop. And I was then in the shop on my own in someone else's trousers, locked in. Right, so at this point, I begin to properly panic. So I come out the changing room, so I'm looking around, the shop is completely empty. And all I can see through the glass doors at the end is this precinct being evacuated and people leaving the shopping centre. I'm like, oh my goodness, what do I do? Now, I could just stay here in these trousers and wait until the whole shop comes back in and be the person that's still wearing someone else's trousers when someone comes in. However, how do I know that that thing going off isn't real? And the door's locked. So I begin to panic. I run back into the changing room. I like, try and get these trousers off. I rip them in the process. So I couldn't even buy them afterwards. Um, I shove my trousers on really quickly. And I run to the glass door of the shop. And I start banging on the doors, like properly not cool at all. Like banging on the doors trying to get out. This little old lady sees me and goes and gets the people who like have the shop keys to let me out. And I'm brought out in front of everyone as the girl who got locked in the shop. It was really, really embarrassing. The thing that would have solved that problem for me is that when I was in that changing room, if I had had any awareness of what was going on outside of my little circle, outside of my little cubicle world, I would have realised that someone was knocking on the door telling me things aren't okay out here. But what happens is that we get so caught up with what's in our circle, so caught up with our problems and our, 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 our I'm hungry and all I'm going to do is I want to have dinner later so I'm not going to pay any attention to anyone who needs me right now. That person who's hurting, no, 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 Mackies. We get so caught up with, with what we were created for, with our lives, with what we deserve, with our exams, with our purpose that we completely forget about anyone else. And do you know there's absolute chaos going on outside of our changing room and Jesus knocking on the door going, you guys, the world needs you. And I'm not talking about the people that you're sat with this morning. I'm not talking about your friends. I'm not talking even about people in this youth group. I'm talking about people in your school who you may have never even spoken to. There are broken people in the communities that you live in who desperately need you to get alongside them and desperately need Jesus. But we are so caught up with what's in our space that we don't even notice when someone's knocking on the changing room saying, there is absolute mayhem out here. You need to come out. Do you know, if we really understood, if we really got to grasp with lifting our eyes, focusing on Jesus, going from selfie to sacrifice, then I promise you something. If everyone got this, our world would be transformed. Think about it. There'll be no more homelessness. There'll be no more racism. There will be... No more people dying from preventable diseases. No one will be drinking unclean water. There will be no more poverty. There will be no more war. 
there'll be no more bullying. Imagine how different our world could be if everybody understood that your life isn't about you, it's about loving God and loving others. This literally could transform our world. But it costs. Because we lift our eyes from ourselves, we look at Jesus and Jesus says all of that is about them. Your finance, the way you spend your time, the things you like do as hobbies, the people you speak to, the people you choose to sit with, it all changes because you realize that this was never about you. Imagine if the time you spent thinking about yourself, you switch that round, you switch the button like you take a selfie, you shot it outwards and you spent the time that you spent thinking about you, thinking about God and thinking about other people, how different would our lives look? And I believe that's what we're called to to lift our eyes, to go from selfie to sacrifice. Now, I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And we're going to sing a song together. Um, And as we do this, I would really love it if you would maybe just spend some time lifting your eyes, focusing on Jesus and saying, God, is this something I can do? And then I'm going to do an opportunity to respond. Now, It's a kind of odd response, this, because some of you will say, do you know what, I'm all in. I am up for living 100% for other people. I will give up whatever I need to give up. And that is not an easy thing to do, but I believe that some of you will do it. But there are some people in this room who go, do you know what, I'm not there yet. I'm really not there. I I even find it difficult to tell people that I go to church. (laughs) But I want to be there. I want to lift my eyes. I want to be able to say that this is not about me anymore and, and it is all about them. And so if you're in one of those two groups, late in a minute when we do a response, I would love you to respond and get some prayer. But it's a big response because it involves sacrifice. It involves flipping that lens round, and that can be really painful. So if you guys could stand, we're going to go uh, into our final song, but I'm going to come back up in a minute and I'm going to give us an opportunity to respond. But I want you to have thought it through because what God could ask you, I mean, imagine, imagine if God says this sheet, I don't want you to have any Christmas presents. I want you to give it all away. Imagine this year if God said, you know what, I don't want you to talk about other people negatively. I don't want you to swear. I want you to cut those things right out. And you're standing up to commit to that. What if God says to you, I don't want you as a part of that friendship group. I want you to move you and I want you to go and make friends with the guys in your school that nobody likes. I mean, if you stand up, this is what you're signing up to. Or at least wanting to be in that place. So please don't stand up lightly. But as we lift our eyes towards Jesus, we see that his heart is broken as you fall in love with God, as you radically love God, you begin to radically love others and that is what we are called to.